Hey, welcome to a brand new episode of Bible Reading and Coffee Drinking. Today we continue our study in Colossians. So we're in Colossians 2 today, talking about how we're set free from the Jewish laws and the Jewish rules of the day, and now we have this new life in Christ. We're going to talk about that today as we continue this series on Colossians reading Paul's letters. So grab a cup of coffee, grab your Bible, let's do some Bible reading and coffee drinking. Let's do this. All right, welcome to a brand new episode of Bob Arena Coffee Drinking. As we uh, as we discuss, we're in Colossians 2 today. So this is a, um, we're in the middle of our series in the book of Colossians. This is one of Paul's letters that he wrote from prison in Rome <clears throat> to the church of Colossae. So he's talking about, talking to this church about, at the first part, talking about staying in Christ and focusing on Christ. Today's episode, we're talking about Colossians 2, which is really talking about kind of that freedom from the traditional rules that uh, that may be applied to the Jewish people at the time. <clears throat> if you join me on Friday on Colossians 1 on that episode, I actually had a question at the end asking if we can eat pork or, or shellfish. And uh, my comment back to was, yes. I mean, pray about it. If you don't want to do it, don't do it. <clears throat> but in reality, we're free from those old Levitical laws and the Jewish laws at the time, we are kind of made new in Christ, and we're in this new covenant where we need to focus on Christ and Christ alone. So we're going to talk about that. Paul talks about that in Colossians 2, uh, actually. So it's a it's a great kind of uh, transition from that Q&A, if you're listening to these episodes back-to-back, to this episode. Uh, it's a great transition from that one to this one. And we're going to talk about that, what the Bible says. Forget what I said on Friday. Let's talk about what the Bible says. Uh, and we're going to be reading in Colossians 2. Just to remind everybody before we get going here, make sure you check out the website at Living Christian. Dot org. There we have all sorts of things, Bibleverse list and, and videos, and uh, we have an online apparel store for those watching this live or on YouTube. I have the Pray Long Sleeve t-shirt on. You can get all those things off, 20% off, by using the code PODCAST20 at the end. If you want to join me live for these sessions, if you're listening to this on the podcast or watching it on YouTube, you can join me live every Monday and Friday on Instagram. So there we go. Or you can just watch it on YouTube. It is 15 degrees uh, today, so in case you're watching or listening to this, it is uh, brutally cold. We're in the middle of winter. I don't like it. I'm ready for spring, but uh, until then, uh, we're going to dive into uh, God's Word today. So let me get my glasses, and we'll start with Colossians 2. All right, so uh, Paul continues here in Colossians 2, saying this, I want you to know how much I have agonized for you and the church at Laodicea and for many other believers who have I have never met me personally. Remember, Paul is in prison in Rome at the time writing these letters, so he didn't necessarily get to meet everybody attending these churches across the region. Uh, verse 2, I want uh, I want them to be encouraged and knit together by strong ties of love. I want them to have complete confidence that they understand God's mysterious plan, which is Christ himself. In him lie hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. So it's interesting how he calls God's plan a mysterious plan and the fact that the mysterious plan is Jesus. You got to think about who is reading these. A lot of uh, Jewish people at the time, some Gentiles, but certainly people that are new to Christ, new to Jesus, new to being a follower of Jesus. And so, so these people that were listening or reading this letter probably 
didn't understand. They were probably confused at the time. It's like, well, you know, I, I've learned all these Old Testament laws. I, I can't eat shellfish. I got to do all these things. I've got to obey by the Sabbath. Like, I've got to do all these rules in order to kind of get favor with God. Or maybe you're a Gentile and they don't even know the Jewish traditions. Either way, I can understand how uh, this is kind of a, a weird and mysterious plan for those that are kind of new to the faith. Uh, so that's probably what Paul is referencing there. All right, verse 4, I am telling you this, so no one will deceive you with well-crafted arguments. For though I am far away from you, my heart is with you, and I rejoice that you are living as you should, and that your faith in Christ is strong. So I love that he kind of tees up the next part, right, with verse 4, which is, I'm telling you this so that no one will deceive you with well-crafted arguments. What, what, What Paul is telling even us at this time uh, in, in Colossians 2, verse 4, is, hey, people are going to kind of try to convince you that this is what I'm about to say is not true, okay? They're going to have good arguments. They're going to make a lot of sense. But I'm telling you, trust me and don't trust these people that are kind of trying to lead you astray or pull you away from Christ. So he kind of teases it up in the sense of, hey, I'm about to tell you something that may be controversial. I'm about to tell you something that other people may tell you is not true. They could argue with well-crafted arguments. So we're going to talk about now in verse 6. And now, just as you have accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow stronger in the truth you were taught and will overflow with his thankfulness. He's teeing up with his all about Jesus, everyone. Focus on Jesus and Jesus alone. Verse 8. Don't let anyone capture you with Empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense that come from human thinking and from the spiritual powers of the world, excuse me, rather than Christ. For in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body. So you are also complete through your union with Christ, who is ahead over every ruler and authority. I love the fact that he talks about, hey, once again, I'm telling you, don't listen to other people that are going to kind of pull you away right? Be rooted in Christ. Don't let people pull you away with these this high-sounding nonsense. And one thing to kind of keep track, and he lays out here, from the spiritual powers of this world. He is telling us blatantly that the devil is active in this world, that demons are real, and evil exists, and they are going to try to confuse you. They're going to try to, uh, you know, kind of confuse you and pull you away and convince you that what Paul is saying is not accurate. Okay? Verse 11. When you came to Christ, you were circumcised, not by by not but not by a physical procedure. Christ performed a spiritual circumcision, the cutting away of your sinful nature. I'm going to stop there for a second because a lot of people have sent me direct messages asking about circum- circumcision. In the Bible, it references it constantly, right? It talks about it in the Old Testament all the time. One of the rules that the you know young men or young boys had to abide by is to be circumcised. It's not the physical act. It is the sacrifice um, of what you're going through, that kind of uh, understanding what Jesus went through in that pain. But in reality, he lays it out perfectly right here. It's a, it's a metaphor for cutting away your sinful nature. So as you read in the Old Testament and the New Testament about circumcision, what it is Paul tells us right now, it is a spiritual circumcision that we have to go through. Not just a physical one, but a spiritual circumcision. Verse 12, For you were buried with Christ when you were baptized. 
And when with him, you were raised to new life because you trusted the power, the mighty power of God, who raised Christ from the dead. Talking about the fact that we have to be born again. We have to be risen again, our new life. We, to, we, we die, our sinful nature dies spiritually, and we are born again in Christ. Verse 13, you were dead because of your sins and because your sinful nature was not yet cut away. Once again, the reference to the circumcision. Okay, Then God made you alive with Christ, and he forgave all your sins. He canceled the record of the charges against you and took it away by nailing it to the cross. In this way, he disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. He shamed them publicly by his victory over them in the cross. Talking about being born again, cutting away that sinful nature, living again in Christ. <clears throat> and I love the last part in 15. He disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. He's talking about kind of shaming. He talked about publicly, he shamed them publicly. He's talking about those religious kind of Pharisees and rulers of the time, right? That were talking one thing, but not certainly not living it out. They were they were uh, all about the rules, all about the regulations, all about the religion, okay? But they weren't about a good relationship with God. And, and basically he's saying because Jesus died on the cross and he became a new covenant, right? A new set, uh, a new, uh, the, the right way to get to heaven. It's shaming these people in public. Hmm, interesting. Uh, verse 16. So don't let anyone condemn you. Okay, so this is where we're going back to what we talked about. Sorry to, to stop. Um, going back to Friday's episode where I had the question about eating shellfish or pig. And that's just a part of it. So this is now back to the scriptural uh, reference to that. Verse 16, So don't let anyone condemn you for what you eat or drink, or for not celebrating certain holy days or new moon ceremonies or Sabbaths. For these rules are only shadows of the reality yet to come, and Christ himself is the reality. Okay, so here's the deal. This this two lines here, 16 and 17, this is the reason us as Christians do not still celebrate Passover. We still celebrate the Levitical and the old laws and numbers and all in the Old Testament. That's why we're not bound by those rules anymore. We're not bound by those ceremonies anymore. We're not having to sacrifice animals anymore. All those things that happened in the Old Testament, we don't have to do anymore. It says it right here in Colossians 2, verse 16. Because those rules are only shadows of the reality yet to come. They're only a reflection of Jesus. Jesus fulfilled the law. Jesus is the new covenant. Jesus is the new way. Jesus is the, the only way now moving forward. Verse 18, don't let anyone condemn you by insisting on pious self-denial or the worship of angels saying that they have had visions about these things. Their sinful minds have made them proud, and they are not connected to Christ, the head of the body. For he holds the whole body together with his joints and ligaments, and it grows as God nourishes it. So he's talking about Jesus' church, our body, right? This is us, right? And when he's talking about holding the whole body together, it's joints and ligaments. He's not talking about the physical body. What he's talking about is the body of Christ, his church, his bride, us, the believers in Jesus, right? So he says, don't condemn 
Uh, don't let people continue, condemn you by insisting that you have to do like some sort of self-denial, worshiping of angels, that those sinful minds have made them proud. I love that line. Their sinful minds have made them proud. What he's saying is Jesus said he was the new way. Jesus said he is the only way to heaven. And the people that are still living by the old laws, the old self-denial, what you eat, what you drink, their sinful minds have made them proud because they feel they know more than Christ, that their their, uh, rules and their abiding by these things will earn them something when Jesus said it was the opposite. It was God's grace and Jesus' sacrifice on the cross that earns us a seat at the table, that earns us an eternity with God. And if you think otherwise, it's your pride getting in the way because you're putting yourself and your thoughts and what you and what you are, are convinced uh, over what Jesus said. All right. So remember that. Okay, verse 20. You have died with Christ, and he has set you free from the spiritual powers of this world. So why do you keep on following the rules of the world, such as don't handle, don't taste, don't touch? Such rules are mere human teachings about things that deteriorate as we use them. These rules may seem wise because they require strong devotion, pious self-denial, and severe bodily discipline, but they provide no help in conquering a person's evil desires. Woo. So for everybody, with that love, with everybody who's coming at me Friday in the comments saying that I was wrong in the sense of that uh, you still can't eat uh, fish or shellfish, you still can't eat pig, um, and my response was, well, of course you can. You don't have to, but you can. I also trim my beard. I also wear mixed fabrics. Um, I, we don't have to. That Paul is talking about it right now. The fact that, I love this, you have died in Christ, and he has set you free from the powers of the world. So, so if, if Jesus is so powerful that he came down to earth, God on earth, Right? And if he can do those things, then he can sacrifice himself to the point to where he saved everyone who believes in him from sin and can bring everyone to heaven with him that believes and puts their life in Christ. If he's that powerful and that all-knowing, then why on earth are we still following the rules of the world, it says? I'm not. Hopefully you're not either. Now, Saying all that, it's not that you need to go out and start breaking the commandments, <laughs> right? Uh, Jesus did talk himself about the greatest commandment and things like that. So it's not that we are bound by the Ten Commandments or the other laws in the Old Testament. What it is is the fact that we're free from those things. But I don't go murder somebody. I don't commit adultery because I'm honoring Christ. But those those kind of ceremonial laws that were in place— uh, with the shellfish and so forth. Those are worldly laws as we're just talking about at the end of Colossians 2. They may seem wise because they are self-sacrificing, right? And they provide discipline. Makes sense. But they have no help in conquering a person's evil desires. That's the key right there, guys, is the fact that you can sacrifice all you want. You can fast uh, for a certain amount of days, you can abide by some of the ceremonials in the Old Testament. You could not eat shellfish or pig, right? But in reality, of is 
those aren't going to help you conquer your evil desires. They're not going to help you conquer sin. They're not going to help you have a, a clean mind and heart. Jesus will. Okay? Jesus will. All right, that's Colossians 2 and the good word. We'll continue on Friday. Uh, let's have a sip of coffee, and we'll dive into a couple of questions here. So make sure you put your questions. If you're live here on Instagram, put your uh, you know question uh, in the question mark down the bottom as well. All right, um, let's see what we got here. Uh, question mark. One, one said, what about, uh, what about painting tithes? Tithes is the same thing. Old Testament rule, should you t- pay tithes? Should you support your local church? Absolutely. Are you required to do that in order to kind of get into heaven? No, you're not required. Uh, I, I always go back, and you guys are uh, longtime followers of mine will remember this. Uh, I always go back to the thief on the cross. One denied Jesus and made fun of him. The other said, hey, stop that, right? This guy is a son of God, and he believed that Jesus was who he says he was, and Jesus' response was, hey, you know, I'll, I'll join, join me in paradise. He didn't get baptized. He didn't tithe. He did not shave his beard. He did not eat shellfish. All right, uh, let's see what we got here on the question marks. Um, all right, are there current ceremonies or laws that we are following that we really shouldn't be? I, mean, I kind of went through them a little bit, <clears throat> some of those things. Read them for yourself. Uh, ultimately, you know, uh, I would distinguish between the Old Testament, or I'm sorry, the Ten Commandments, uh, as those are commandments and not necessarily religious laws at the time, I would I would separate those out from the uh, kind of ceremonial laws. So the moralic laws, we'll call them, from Moses, uh, which are the Ten Commandments, I would certainly abide by those, not because it's going to earn your way to heaven, not because you have to in order to uh, join God in heaven forever, because we're honoring Christ and we're honoring God by you know kind of being good representations of Him here on earth. That's why. But the rest of it, the ceremonial stuff, I wouldn't worry about. But that's, you know, between you and I. Okay, let's see what other uh, questions we got here today. Um, okay. How has Bible study changed your character, and how best should I study my Bible and meditate? Russell, thanks for the question. I would say this. Uh, I, I, I've been a Christian most of my life, grew up in the church, um, but I didn't, I didn't really know the Bible that well, if that makes sense. Um, many, many, you know, years ago, and I'm still working on it, to be honest with you. Uh, many years ago, I started kind of, uh, reading the Bible. First, I think I did was read it, the whole thing, right? Just cover to cover. And, and then kind of went back into, uh, kind of studying it. And how it has changed me is because in, in, in my life, as I dig through the Bible, <clears throat> there's so many good guidelines and, and, and life lessons in there, and, and relations that I, I didn't know were there, if that makes sense. Uh, I can read Matthew, uh, which is one of my favorite books, uh, and, and learn about Christ, and learn about his uh, different stories that he tells, um, and, and I can always see something that I can relate to my life with. So I think in my mind, to answer your question, two things. One would be, it gave me a deeper understanding uh, of God and what he's telling me to do, quite frankly. I believe, I firmly believe this is the Word of God, okay? Uh, so I believe that this is God talking to us through this book. Now, once I had that mindset, of course I wanted to dive into it. And then as I did, I learned the fact that the Bible is all about Jesus. From Genesis to Revelation, the entire thing is telling the story 
um, of Jesus. And his story is repeated over and over and over and over and over again, even in the Old Testament and the New Testament. The gospel is repeated, the revelation is repeated. <clears throat> it talks about that the entire time. And if I didn't have a if I didn't study the Bible, if I just read it like a novel, I wouldn't have that understanding. I wouldn't understand when Genesis when it talks about he made man and woman in our image, that he's talking about Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I wouldn't understand that because I would have just read it on the surface. So I think my deeper understanding of the Bible and studying the Bible has changed me personally and changed my view of the world. Um, It's one thing to be a Christian and to know a couple of Bible verses, but when you dive into the Bible, it it just changes your perspective on the world and it changes your core. Uh, I firmly believe that. So if you haven't, if you feel like you're, uh, you know, a Christian, you believe in Christ, but you just are, have a have a struggle trying to get that close personal relationship with Christ. I encourage you to dive into a Bible study. Dive into whether it's something like this, or whether you pick up some devotionals and read it, or just start and just study one book. Don't just read it; study it. Right? Do it. What we just did was read one chapter and then go back and read it again, and then really kind of go through there and, and try to figure out what God is telling us in these words. And I promise you, if you do that level of study, it will change you. It'll change your perspective on the Bible. It'll change your perspective on the world and and kind of your place in it. Uh, I promise you. So that's how it's changed me. Hopefully it'll change you as as well. All right, let's see what other questions. We got one more and we'll get going here. Uh, What time? Well, two more. What time is the live start? I thought it was at eight. Yeah, Ashley, I apologize. I had to start at 7.30 this morning, but no worries. If you missed this, I'm recording it and put it on the podcast and YouTube after this. Okay. Uh, All right, one more uh, question. Let's scroll through. We got a bunch here. Um, Okay, so this is a good one because this is one that's kind of related a little bit. With the holidays, is it only for Old Testament things? Should we be celebrating Jesus' birth and death the way we do now? Sip of coffee and I'll answer it. All right, so Paul talks about not, we don't have to abide by the ceremonies uh, of of the time, which were Passover and some of the other stuff that we have. So yes, no, we no longer, we're not of the Jewish faith. We no longer have to abide by those things. We don't have to like recognize the Sabbath if we don't want to, all that stuff. That stuff's not going to wash away your sins, as he's talking about, okay? He didn't necessarily say that we, that we didn't have to. I mean, we couldn't. If you want to, feel free. It's just not going to do anything for you. It's not going to help cleanse your soul. It's not going to help, uh, you know, help you be born again. Jesus replaced those things. So here's my answer on Christmas and uh, Easter, because that's specifically what what he asked. <clears throat> we don't have to abide by Christmas and Easter if we don't want to. Okay, that's not going to wash away your sins either. That's not going to earn you way into heaven either. It's not. I hate to tell you, just because you celebrate Christmas or go to church on Easter, that's not going to change you. Uh, it's not going to earn your way to heaven. That's falling into the old lines. Now, saying that, do you? Can you? Absolutely. I do. I love it. I love celebrating Christ, okay? The difference is in the Old Testament, those ceremonials, those ceremonies were trying to kind of act a certain way so we can be in God's favor. So God will accept us and like us and we can go to heaven. That's the difference. We're not celebrating Christmas and Easter because it's earning us favor with him or earning us or sacrificing something to where we get to heaven. Us as Christians, we know that that's not the case. So we celebrate out of love for Jesus, not because it's going to earn us any favor with 
God. That's the difference between the two. Okay. <clears throat> that is the reality. Um, so that's, that's my answer. If you want to celebrate Christmas and Easter, go for it. I do. Okay. But don't expect it to get you to heaven. Don't expect it to change your soul. Don't expect it to help you stop sinning because just like the old ceremonies, those won't either. The difference is do it out of love for Christ. Whereas in the old ceremonies, we're out of uh, obedience. Fair enough? All right, good. Sip of coffee and let's have a quick prayer. <clears throat> Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for bringing us together today. We love you unconditionally, and we know that you love us unconditionally. Thank you for bringing us the good word of Paul and showing us that everything is in Christ now. No, We are no longer bound by some of these laws. We are no longer bound by these rules. But what we are is a new life in Christ. How Jesus' sacrifice abolished and fulfilled everything at the time, and we are now in a new covenant, a new agreement, a new relationship with Jesus. Help us understand that, Lord. Help us live in that, and help that change us as we go about our lives. There shouldn't be any confusion, Lord. Paul tells us right there, and we shouldn't be confused by it. I'm praying for everybody that's watching and listening to this so they understand that and can live that way and enjoy their walk with Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, guys. Love you guys. Have a great week. We'll get back together on Friday at the normal time. We'll do 8 a.m. Central on Friday, and we'll dive into Colossians 3. Okay? Until next time, keep Jesus on your heart. And forever on your mind. Love you guys. Talk to you all soon.